This is a podcast of Hilltop United Methodist Church, an inclusive community of hospitality, healing, help, and hope, bringing hearts to Christ. Join us for weekly worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. All are welcome. For more opportunities to connect with us, please visit our website at hilltopumchurch.org or follow us on Facebook at Hilltop UMC. We look forward to engaging with you. Hilltop, we have a scripture from two books this morning, one from Isaiah, quite prophetic, and then from the Gospel of Matthew. Read along with me as the scripture will be projected on the screen. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to you, shall come to your light, and the kings to the, dark, to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together, they come to you. Your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian, Ephah, and all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. Also from the Gospel of Matthew, we have chapters 2, verses 1 through 12, and it reads, In the time of the king of Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and Jerusalem with him and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it was written by the prophets. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, 
they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left their own country by another road. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be God. God. Amen. The last line of our gospel text said, they left for their country by another road. Hmm. In this world of human beings that we have the privilege of living in, human doings can often put us in situations where we need to move forward by another road. In his book, what, What's So Amazing About Grace, Philip Yancey uh, tells this story about a young couple who's engaged to be married. Bride and groom go to the Hyatt and they reserve a room and they make all the plans for their wedding reception, choose the food and all of that stuff, and then they put down a significant deposit which is half the cost of the entire event. Well, shortly after they've got all this set up, someone gets cold feet. The groom gets cold feet. And so he says to the bride, can we just put things on hold? I just want to think this through a bit more. Well, uh, the bride saw right through the groom and knew exactly what he wanted, which is really he just wanted to be out. He wanted out of the, the, the marriage. So after a, a very unpleasant scene, they decided to part company for good. The bride knew that her next step was to go back to that event manager because they put down a substantial sum to reserve the space. Well, when she gets to the event, event manager, the manager informs her that most of the deposit is non-refundable. She has a choice to make. She can either choose to forego the rest of her down payment, or she could choose to go ahead with a party. Now, it seemed crazy to her at the time, but she thought about it more and more, and then the, guy, the idea uh, came to just go ahead with the party. Not the wedding banquet, mind you, mind you but just a big blowout. As it turns out, Ten years before, this woman had been homeless. She spent some time in a homeless shelter, but she got back on her feet, got a good job, and she put aside a sizable nest egg. And now she had this wild notion to use her nest egg to throw this wonderful party for the down and outs of Boston, um, who were always out, um, out, you know, suffering through, um, experiencing the elements. And so she proceeded down this vein. She decided to change the menu from whatever it was to a boneless chicken in honor of the groom. <laughs> so she sends out she sends out invitations to all the homeless shelters and the rescue missions in the, the area. So on a warm June night, people who were used to being overlooked and outcasts were treated to being served by, um, by stewards in tuxedos, uh, being served hors d'oeuvres and sipping on fine champagne. They ate chicken cordon bleu and, and wonderful wedding cake, had all of these marvelous treats, and they, they danced to big band melodies all night. 
This young woman could have taken a different road, but she chose to go forward by another road. And so it is when God, God's revelation comes to us, God's revelation may move us forward by another road. Pray with me. Gracious Lord, we thank you for the gift of your word and, and your messages. Lord, open the eyes of our hearts to the revelation that is within your word. Speak to us in that voice that is unique to each of us individually so that we might hear your message and live out your word fully in our lives. Lord, more of you, less of me, all of you, none of me. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Our focus this morning is going to be on the story of the Magi. But before we get to the Magi, let's briefly take a look at the ancient promise in the Old Testament that anchors us even today. Centuries before Christ was born, God had Isaiah prophesy to the people, to a people who were divided and dispersed far and wide. They were divided and dispersed by ideologies and enemies by power and politics, by education and economics, by beliefs and religious practices, by spiritual and physical geography, by space and grace. God had Isaiah prophesy to a people covered in the darkness of conflict and confusion that reached far and wide. That sounds too familiar in our times today. But in the ancient days, God promised a new day would dawn, and he told the people through Isaiah, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. So the light has come into the world in the birth of Christ, and the light of Christ shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never, ever, ever extinguish it as John 1.5 tells us. The glory of the Lord appeared first out in the dark field to the shepherds when the angels came and announced the birth of Christ to these outcasts who then came to Bethlehem to tell the good news to all of those who had gathered around that newborn babe. You see, they received the good news from the, from the angels, but then upon experiencing the actual presence of Christ, they experienced the light of Christ and perceived the light within their own hearts. Then they left to go out and tell it on the mountain as they went forth praising and glorifying God. And then we hear about the wise men, the kings who came as predicted seeking the light because Isaiah said, nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. So in the time of King Herod, the wise men came from the east. They came to Jerusalem seeking the Christ child. They're asking the question, where's the child who has been born the king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and we have come to pay him homage. It is interesting here that their journey was to honor Christ, and that Christ was a gift to all people. The wise men were more likely Arabs. They certainly were not Jews. And though the Jews were deemed to be God's chosen people, we see here that God has a completely different plan. 
God is moving by a different road through the birth of Christ. God has a bigger picture of what the kingdom, the coming kingdom will look like. Now when King Herod heard about the wise men inquiring about this child, this newborn king, he was frightened. And so was all of Jerusalem. King Herod, I think, and all of the, the people of Jerusalem were frightened, perhaps because of what they did not understand. Perhaps if a new king had been born, then what changes were coming? What would happen to Herod's power? Herod's power and all of those who benefited from his power were threatened. The status of those living in privilege was in jeopardy. The status quo could be their status quo as God is moving by a different road. So Herod secretly calls the wise, the wise men in and he learned from them where exactly the star had appeared. I find it interesting that the insiders, the ones who are of the Jewish faith, the one who had the prophetic word, the one who, ones who, who, who were the keepers of the ancient scrolls, the scribes themselves, they knew of the birth that was foretold in the ancient scriptures. But the sitting king has to learn about when the star appeared from outsiders. How could that be? How could a foreigner, an outsider, know that the king of Jews was born before the insiders knew? Well, sometimes even people of faith can get so comfortable in our own ways of being that we cease to look for what God is doing. We may even plot paths to accomplish our own agenda when God is moving by a different road. And Herod was one such who plotted a different agenda. After he secretly called the wise men in, this conniving king sent them to Bethlehem to search for the child to report back to him so that he could allegedly go and pay homage to Christ. Now, here's another curiosity. It is odd that Herod sent them out alone. Not one person from the court, from the church, or from the city would accompany the wise men in their quest to find Christ. Not even out of curiosity did anyone go. So while the wise men came from far away to worship Christ, not one of these Jewish leaders, these, these insiders, these kinsmen of Christ made an effort to go over to the next town to welcome the newborn baby. Perhaps they were fearful of showing interest in this new king because it would, perhaps Herod would think their alliance was, was questionable. So the outsiders then would discover Christ while the religious establishment was falling all over itself to please the sitting king. The message for us in this is that regardless of what others do, what others choose to do, as people of faith, we must seek and serve the Lord because God calls us to move by a different road. So the wise men set out alone, and when they saw that the star had stopped, they were overjoyed, and they entered into the house, and, and they saw the Christ child with his mother Mary, and they knelt down in humility. And these are kings. These are wise men. These are, these are educated folks. They are knowing people. They kneeled down in humility to honor this 
Christ's child, and they honored him with generosity, offering him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now the wise men, I mean, think about this. The wise men are the ones who were perhaps from the wrong place, of the wrong race, of the wrong religion, but these are the ones who came from afar and who would fall down on their knees before this child, giving him lavish and generous gifts, while those who were of the chosen group, the insiders, were busy supporting the status quo. God is moving by another road in this text. The wise men, like the shepherds, received the good news and upon, upon experiencing the presence of Jesus, perceived the light in their hearts. We know that they were receptive to being led by God as they had followed the star from afar. So like Joseph, they received information in a dream that they should not return to Herod as he had instructed. Like Joseph, they submitted to the will of God. Instead of churning with the wicked world, they t chose to turn and to go home by another road. God promised a new day would come. And with the birth of Christ, that new day dawned for all who encountered Christ. And every time we encounter, every time we experience the presence of Christ, we are experiencing the dawn of a new day in our lives. And after encountering the Christ child, consider that the shepherds went from tending their ewes, their sheep, and they gained a new direction for shepherding the, good, shepherding the good news. After encountering the Christ child, the Magi's previous plans and direction all changed. They were given a new direction. So like the shepherds and the Magi, we too must be willing to move in a new direction once we have ourselves opened up our hearts to truly experience the presence of Christ. You cannot experience the presence of Christ and go home by the same road. So in 2020, the question for all of us is, how will you allow Christ to change the direction of your life? How will you allow Christ to change the direction of your life? As we move into this season of epiphany, let us seek the clarity of God's revelation. Let us lo not lose sight of Bethlehem. Let us not forget the difference, the distinction in how the insiders behaved versus the outsiders, and let us confront any complacency there may be in our walk with Christ, and let us move forward by a different road according to God's revelation. Some years ago, there was a Reverend uh, John Buchanan at the Fourth Avenue Presbyterian Church in Chicago who issued a challenge to his congregation and after the challenge, he read Robert Frost's poem, The Road Not Taken. And I offer that to you today. Here's the challenge. There is before each of us a decision, much like a fork in the road. Having been where we have been, having seen what we have seen, we must now decide who we will be. We must now decide who we will be. And here Robert Frost's poem, The Road Not Taken. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both. But we be one traveler, long I stood, and looked on one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. 
then, take, then took the other as just as fair, but having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that the passing there had worn them really about the same. And both that morning lay equal, equally lay, in leaves no steps had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence, two rows diverged in a wood and I. I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. In this season and beyond, may we all travel by another road as led by God, and may that make all the difference. Amen. This has been a podcast of Hilltop United Methodist Church, an inclusive community of hospitality, healing, help, and hope, bringing hearts to Christ. Join us for worship service on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. All are welcome. For more opportunities to connect with us, please visit our website at hilltopumchurch.org or follow us on Facebook at Hilltop UMC. We look forward to connecting with you.